Welcome to the Fail Forward podcast. The purpose of this podcast is change the negative stigma around failure into a positive. Failure is only a negative if we do not learn from it and we give up. Welcome back to the Fail Forward podcast. Today I've got Sal on and Sal helps over 50 year olds get in lean fit condition. Um, He'll explain that probably in better words than me in a second. But the reason why I've got Sal on this podcast is we met recently and he is a super fit, very, very lean guy who is completely committed to fitness um, and well-being. And this is something that I've put into my life in the last two years. And part of the fail forward is is showing everyone how I implement different things since I lost it all. And one of the biggest things is me spending time on my fitness and health. So welcome to the podcast, Sal. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks very much. Good. So tell me, because I don't think I did that justice then. Tell me, what do you do? Uh, so I'm an expert in helping men over 50 get strong. So I work more towards, uh, the strength side of things than sort of the lean side. I see. So I, I didn't explain that well, but you, I think, <laughs> they think you got what I meant. So, so why over 50 and why is it important to you? Well, there's probably three different little mini answers. I think that, um, when my father turned to 50, he had a lot of health problems. Uh, he had like two heart attacks. He got cancer. Luckily, he survived all three. But, you know, your dad, you kind of look up to him as this indestructible person. And I remember one day looking at him in a hospital bed with tubes going out of him, face like all swelled up. And I thought, you know, what a change, really, from this big, you know, as I said, invincible guy to this someone who's really struggling. So I think that affected me on a deep level. Uh, I think also, secondly, you know, my first client was in this, was in his, was in his 50s. So um, he was a good guy, Neil. He had like a bad shoulder. He had like a bad knee, he had a bad back. He was overweight. And I was a young PT at that time, maybe 26 years old. And I was just looking at this person thinking, God, there are so many things that I can help this guy with. And I remember that I worked in a company with lots of different other PTs and they didn't want to work with a guy who was over 50 because those guys were seen as problematic with too many things that needed to be fixed. But I'm someone who really likes seeing a problem and trying to fix it. So it gives me a lot of uh, motivation and um, joy to see someone going from a, a very bad position, should we say, into a very good position. Uh, and I think finally, in my industry, guys over 50 aren't really serviced. You know, my industry is targeting people in their 20s, in their 30s, people looking to get lean. And you know, once you hit 50, you're kind of close to that cliff edge. You know, that's where, you know, cancers, diabetes, heart disease, all those different things start to um, rear their ugly head. So that demographic really needs a lot of help and there are a lot of specialist help. Uh, and that's where I fit in. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I completely agree because my dad had a heart attack and um, cancer and diabetes, all of the above, very, very similar. Um, and that was from late 40s. He was, I think, 48, 49 when he when he first had his heart attack. And he's luckily touched wood, he's still alive now. Um, he's a bit bulletproof, really. Or so I wouldn't say bulletproof, but he's very resilient. Um, but one thing that's helped me do is inspire me to be fit and healthy because I'm like, my dad's been an inspiration in many ways, but also inspires me to go, okay, that that happened to him at that age. So what about what about me? <laughs> okay, I've, I have the situation it's the same genetic makeup as my father so but you know we can be generational chain breakers can't we so um what inspired you like when you got into the fitness industry like what's your journey been like so you left school and then were you always into fitness how's that been for you and how did you get into it uh so weirdly enough i wasn't actually really into fitness at school or uh through university 
actually, I think when I graduated about 2004, um, I wanted to be an officer in the Royal Marines. Uh, so for about three years, um, I closed down my life just trying to get in. But unfortunately, I wasn't able to to make the grade. Uh, and then by that time, I was around, around about 25 and I needed to make some money. Uh, so I got a job in the city, like, like people do, you see, get some good corporate money. Uh, but at the same time, I didn't want to get let go of my sort of military aspirations. So I was also joined the parachute regiment reservists, um, even though I, I'm really not good with heights. So I spent a year trying to get in really, really good shape because you've got to go through a selection process even to get your beret because those guys work with the SAS. So at that time, I spent a year trying to get into the paras, but also I had the city job, which I was neglecting and I was, you know, going for long lunch breaks and, uh, you know, not doing particularly well there. But after about a year of training, I got to the level, I got my beret, I got the, you know, the best uh, recruit award. And then I had a choice. It was either go to Afghanistan, uh, which they wanted me to do, but a guy in the troop before me actually, unfortunately, he trod on an IED and he died. And that kind of affected me. Uh, and there, or it was go back to the city. And uh, my parents wanted me to do that. But, you know, I could see that it was affecting my physical and mental health. You know, I could see that my waistline was starting to expand. You know, lots of drinking, late nights, high stress. And, uh, you know, I had to make a decision. And, you know, there's a saying that, you know, a salary is a drug that makes you give up on your dreams. And I was kind of like, well, I'm getting paid a, a, a good salary here. If I don't jump off this train now, I'm, I'm stuck here. I'm stuck with that lifestyle. And uh, despite what my parents wanted to do, I, I quit that job. I used some of the money I was paid off to do, um, you know, a PT course, and and this that's how I got there. Wow, um, that, that's a, I mean I've, that saying um, I've not actually heard that before. Um, uh, no, but it's a great saying um, because you, you're right. And what, what is it that you think about the kind of the the hamster wheel of of work of of being in a corporate company? What what do you think? Why do you think that is um, usually gets people in over drinking, over eating, and all that kind of stuff? Um, I just think it's not a very should we say, um, positive environment, you know, and I think especially, you know, I was speaking to some of my clients because they do work in, in those jobs, especially as you get paid more money, there's so much more politics and backstabbing and people want your, you know, your job, they want your promotion, they want, <clears throat> you know, your bonus, whatever it is. And I think, you know, you, money is one way that you keep people in a bad situation. Now, I don't think most of those people would do the job if they didn't get you know, the salaries that they were offered, if that makes sense. And you have to find a way to, to blow off steam. And that way to blow off steam, especially in the UK, is to have a few beers at the end of the day. And then it just becomes a mess of, you know, late nights, beers, you know, going out for meals with clients. And I don't, I think it's very difficult to break that habit, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And and it's it's highly stressful because I feel like I was never in a corporate job, um, but I ran a business and my business was my stress um it was my excuse almost to go okay i'm going to eat shit today or i'm going to drink shit today or i'm going to just be generally unhealthy because i'm stressed out so do you think there's like a mindset thing where people feel like it's almost like when you're when you're young and you do something well you get given a sweet and it's like when we grow up we do something well or we work really hard and then we go our sweet is our is our junk food or is our, you know, is our going out and a few beers or, you know, getting on the packet or whatever it is, that's our justification. Do you, do you see a correlation there? Yeah, I think there's, there's some self-medication, you know, to, to get through a situation being drunk or, you know, eating food is a way to raise your dopamine levels. I think that's definitely there. 
but also I think in, in lots of jobs, you know, there's such a time pressure. You know, some, I know lots of people who don't have time or say they don't have time to go out to have lunch or, you know, they finish very late in the evening and going home, then cooking a lovely meal is not something that they have the energy to do. So they'll, you know, they'll go to the pub, pick up food and then go home. So time pressure and, you know, find, finding a release to the stress that you have in the day you know, makes food and lifestyle habits way worse. Yeah, yeah, no, agree, agree. So you come out of, um, you do, you get your PT course, you, you're ready to go. So what was life like then? Because it's a quite a crowded market, isn't it, being a PT? Yeah, I think it wasn't very motivating when I was doing the PT course because they used to tell you that like 80% of you won't last a year. Um, because... Wow, that's a huge yeah, stat. You know, being a young PT is ruthless because you don't get much help. You know, you've got to do your marketing yourself. They don't teach you how to do the marketing. You've got to do the selling yourself. They don't teach you how to do the selling. Uh, and then, you know, people are trying to take money for rent for the gym, but also there's so much competition. And, you know, if you're talking to someone that you shouldn't be talking to because someone else is trying to get them as a client, it's very, very dog eat dog. And I used to remember, you know, I'd go, you know, into the gym, maybe five in the morning. I'd do my clients for like a couple of hours then I'd sleep in the cupboard uh, not covered, but in the back room, come out, do some more clients. And then we found that, you know, we could sleep on the sunbeds. So the sunbeds were always occupied by different PTs having a sleep on the sunbed. So it's like, it was, well, yeah, on, on the, yeah, the, on the sunbed, sunbed you just close the, <laughs> if it's a lime sunbed, close the, um, the roof of the sunbed, whatever it is, and have a nap. Um, but it, it was mad in terms of, um, you know, the, the long hours you had to do. There's no, there's not, no on-site training. You know, you're just, you're just thrown out there. And that's the weird thing. I had this client who was in their fifties and I was wildly, um, ill-equipped to work with that guy. I mean, I think I got an A plus for effort, but the reality is I didn't know how to, to help him. So it's a, it's a very, you know, sink or swim environment. And sometimes, unfortunately, if you're the best marketer and the best salesman, you survive, even if you're not the best coach. And that's why my industry is in a little bit of trouble now, because, you know, you'll have this YouTuber with a million followers, but the stuff that he's coming out with isn't that helpful. No, and you're right, like sales and marketing, like how many times do we see it in life where there, there's someone has a sales and marketing on point and then you buy the product and you're like, that was shit. <laughs> that, that, that was really underwhelming. Um, and, and you're right, like I see it all the time. I see all the influencers and I watch your videos on TikTok and like they're bang on, they really are. And I can see why you've had so much success with it because you sort of cutting out all the noise because there's so much crap that's said out there in the fitness world, isn't there? Like, like get lean in four weeks. I mean, I've been trying for the last year and a half and I've been pretty, pretty determined. Like I, I run four or five times a week and have done for the last year and a half. I, I weight lift and I'm still like shredding at the moment. I was, I wasn't obese, but I probably was obese on the start charts, but it doesn't, you don't, no one gets lean in four weeks unless you've already got a build, right? Yeah, I, I think that that's definitely it. But I, I think, you know, the industry is kind of selling the quick fix and most people want the quick fix. If you say to someone, you know, you've been out of shape for five years, it's going to take you two and a half years to get back to good shape. No one's going to buy that, if that makes sense. So it, it, it's, it's a real hard sell that way. It is a hard sell because you're right. You can't just go, by the way, come with me. And in two years time, you'll be lean. <laughs> and someone's going to go, well, actually, I'll go with that guy who has got really good marketing. and tells me you can do it in four weeks. So it's, it's that I can see how, how that's tough. I can definitely see how that's tough. Um, so tell me, um, you, you've been a PT, you're sleeping at work and stuff. What was the point when you went, actually, like, I want to do something slightly different? 
Um, I think I always had in my mind that I wanted to have my own business. So I went from a PT to a strength coach because I, I did lots of different courses and I was, I was trying to figure out what's the most efficient way to get the result for my clients. Um, but I, the, the environment I was in was very toxic and the hours were just insane. And I used to say to my clients back then, okay, I'm going to have this studio. I'm going to have this studio. Uh, you know, I'm putting the, the message out into the universe so that, you know, people would ask me, okay, what's going on with the studio? And, uh, you know, it took me about four years, I think, to build up enough capital to be able to do that. And, you know, I found a space that's actually very close to the original gym that I was working in. But, I, you know, I'm not a very good person um, when it comes to being told what to do. Um, I always joke that I'm, I'm unemployable. You know, if, uh, you know, if I wasn't an entrepreneur, I'd, you know, I don't know what I would do. The, the biggest fear I have is to have to go back to work for someone. So it was, it was a very natural progression that I would um, try and find my own uh, niche and then build my own business from there. Yeah, absolutely love that. So why, why strength? Why is strength important to you? Uh, it's not really important to me, should I say. I, I think it's important to... Or oh, important, yeah, in, in general, like why is strength important? I think you could say it's important because it's how we interact with, with our environment. You know, if you're a dad, you use such a strength to pick up your kids. You know, if you are a sports player, you need strength to be able to hit the ball hard. If you're an older person, you need strength to be able to walk up the stairs. Like every aspect of how we interact with the world requires us to be strong. And unfortunately, as we age, we start to lose that. You know, the, the big difference between a young person and an old person is purely strength. I mean, there's a few wrinkles and stuff and white hair, but an older person, if you look at them, what are they, what are they doing? They're moving slowly. You know, they're struggling to to even like bend down. They might have an, an issue getting it out of the car. Those are all strength problems. They're not fitness problems. They're not particularly flexibility problems. And, you know, if you don't want to lose your independence as you get older, you, you better make sure that you've got enough strength to carry you through until, you know, the day you're no longer here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So important. So do you work on any cardio or anything like that? Um, I do a little bit of cardio. I mean, your, your cardiovascular system does get worked from, from lifting weights. But, you know, it's slightly overblown, the cardiovascular side of things. It's quite easy to get fit. Like if you're a runner, I think you're doing a run, you run at the moment. You know, going from nowhere to a 5K or to a 10K might take you a few months. Okay. And then you keep that fitness. But if you take a few months off, you go all the way back to zero. Like that's the hard thing. <laughs> you know, as soon as you take a bit of time off cardio, it's, it's all gone and it's grueling to trying to get back up there. So I don't spend that much time on cardiovascular fitness because I could say to someone, okay, spend four weeks and their cardio could go from zero to, to 90 quite quickly. Um, but really cardio helps if, if you're an overweight person and you're an older person and you're worried about your blood pressure or cholesterol, those type of things. Cardiovascular fitness is definitely something to invest time in. But if you're an average guy at a normal weight, it's not really that important. Like your weight is a more is a more important thing to look at than whether or not you can run a 5k. But I always say to people, you should be able to run a hard mile. Like if you can't run a mile at a good pace, you definitely need to go out and do some cardio. But I don't need you to be able to do a half marathon or a marathon. I just need you to be what you need to move, you need to be able to move. Yeah, no, amazing. So with strength, because a lot of people want to be big, um, and a lot of people want to want to be strong. For like for me, 
Like I don't, I have no ambition to be big. That's why I'm probably doing a lot of running. But then recently I've been learning a lot about being strong and you don't need to be big, be, be strong. Am I right in that, thinking that? Like what's the difference between big and strength? I mean, it's not a one-to-one -one ratio. So it's not like you put 50 kilos on your squat, you're gonna get X amount bigger. It doesn't really work like that. Um, you can be strong, but ultimately a side effect maybe of getting stronger is getting bigger muscles. I think where people get confused is like bodybuilders. And the goal of a bodybuilder is to get as big as possible, despite how strong they are. So I would say they're like a Bugatti, but they've got the engine of like a, a toaster, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's, it looks great, but can it, you know, can it run? Can it kick a, kick a ball fast? Can it, you know, can it move well? So that's where people get confused. They think about someone who's like a bodybuilder, when really, if you look at an athlete, a rugby player, um, you know, uh, a golfer, a tennis player, all those people have a level of strength, but they're not overly muscular. You know, they can really hit the ball or kick the ball or, you know, run at a pace. And, you know, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for more performance side rather than how beautiful you look. Although, you know, you will look better if you're stronger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know. I, I agree with that for sure. And um, how, how do you motivate your, your clients? Because I think that's half of the challenge for me is, is the motivation. Like I've, I've been trying to get fit since I was probably 23, 24. Um, I never, for me, the way I look has never been a big enough driver to keep me going to the gym week in, week out, um, because that's what I always attach it to. I'll go to the gym to look good. Like now I'm attaching it to my health and longevity because I'm 39 years old and I'm now going, okay, like I've got two young children, plus, I'm, plus it helps me with all my business and everything else that I do. It helps regulate me back down to a place of good mental strength. Um, how do you find, because I suppose half your challenge is when you have somebody in is one, them turning up each week, but them consistently turning up because it's not like, as you say, you do a couple of, do a couple of squats and suddenly you're fit. It takes a long time. First question, actually, how long do you think for a standard person who's not really gymmed much their whole life would take from standing start to being in a, not peak physical performance, but a, a, a good strength? What, what do you, when do you see the gains and how long do you think it usually takes? It really depends on where you're starting from. Yeah, no, it's a bit of a bit of a strange sort of question, isn't it? But like a target, like what would you be targeting? Nine, 12 months to get in a good place? As I said, you know, if I'm, if I'm working with someone who's over 50, it really depends. If, if you haven't been to the gym for 20, 30 years, or you've never done anything for some time, it can make a big impact on, on where you are. So some people, for example, you're spending months on just like posture, structure, core strength, um, you know, um, things that will stop them from hurting themselves when they're just doing normal activities. Some people who, you know, they might have been a lifetime athlete, they can just, they can zoom up. But, you know, you can see significant changes in six months, really. It just depends on where you're starting from. Yeah, 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 because everyone's different. Yeah. And, and, and so how do you keep, how do you keep people motivated? How do you keep people in the game without, without tailing off? Okay, that, that, I think it's a great question and I'm gonna give a bit of a shock answer. Is I, I don't motivate people, that's not my job. Okay, the same way, you know, you might be on a business course or whatever, I'm on a few business courses, they don't call me up and motivate me. I, I've got to do that myself. Because with my clients, you know, they're at home sitting on the sofa, there's a bag of crisps there. I, I can't do anything, I'm not there. You know, I don't have like a GPS tracking on them that, you know, when they reach for the packet, you know, I, I give them a call and say, yeah, 
you know, or like they get like a zap. I can't do that. You have to have self-motivation. And, and a problem in my industry is that people will pay money thinking that if as long as they pay money, they're going to get a result. But you have to want to do it yourself. That's the important thing. If you don't want to do it, you're just like, oh, well, if I pay some money, then I'm going to get fit. But I'm still going to, you know, eat the crap and drink whatever. You can't get there. So you, the, the person has to be self-motivated. It's not the coach's job. If I'm in the session with someone, let's say you and me are working together for an hour. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to motivate you through that because I'm going to see that sometimes you're tired. Sometimes you're a bit worried. Sometimes you're anxious, whatever it is. My job for that hour is to make sure that you, you get done what needs to be done in that hour. But outside of that, that's your job to make sure that you hold up the other side of the bargain. So I think that that's the first thing. Um, it's a great answer. And, and I'll just add on to that because it, it just made me think slightly like I mentor people and my message is I help tree surgeons have more time and make more profit. And sometimes that messaging sits home so much that I get a lot of people moving towards me. But then very similar, I can't motivate them when they're, I can, I can be with them for an hour. I can show them the blueprint and guide them to the things they need to do to have a successful business. But I'm not going to be there for the other other hours of the week and i get people who go okay well i bought I, I bought your mastermind and now i don't have more time and more profit and i'm like okay yeah but have you done abcd oh no 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 and it's that whole thing isn't it of, of staying in the game and, and that motivation that yes you can spend an hour with somebody but they're gonna have to turn up for the rest of the time they're gonna have to build their resilience and be motivated themselves yeah and i think um the other side of motivation is you need to understand your own motivation so for you you're talking about your kids or you know, your motivation might be the fact that, you know, you want one day want to be able to play with grandkids. Or it might be that you want to still be able to be, and if you've got a son, I don't know, your son at football yeah, for the next few years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for example, you know, you want to make sure that he doesn't take you over as, you know, the man of the house, if, if that makes sense. So some of the, the motivation is um, understanding what you want your future to be and understanding what you don't want your future to be. And it's not really about you liking it or wanting to do it, really. You know, we all do things that we don't like doing or don't really want to do. You know, I take out the bins. I'm not super motivated about taking the bins out. You know, I wake up early in the morning to go to work. Sometimes I'm not super motivated to do that. But I understand what the consequences are if I don't do those things. And that's really what health and fitness is about. It's about understanding the things you don't want to happen to you and understanding how you want to live, you know, the future of your, the future, how you want to live going forward. So you, you have to really be understanding of, have life goals and understand how your health and fitness uh, falls into them. Because once your health is taken away, you don't have anything. You you just, you all resources go to that point. If I were to get, you know, heaven forbid, cancer or something, everything goes to that. My, you know, my money, my time, you know, my family's time, maybe my family's money, everything goes to that. Everything has to stop. So I've got to think, okay, what do I need to do so that that isn't my future or that's not likely to be my future? And that's how we need to think about it. And I think, you know, when you're younger, you're more thinking about, you know, girls or guys, six pack abs, being lean, playing sport, whatever it is. But as you get older, you really have to think about what you want those next, let's say those 30 years after 50 to be like. If you spent 40 years building up a pension and you're thinking you're gonna go on cruises, you're gonna play golf and all these different things, but you haven't invested anything in your health, that, that money's gonna go to a private nurse, to uh, you know, some housing where you know, you're being supported or you know, medication, whatever that is. So the motivation really needs to be within you 
And that comes from understanding what you want your future and your life to be like going forward. Yeah, no, and, and that really resonates and hit, hit home because how many people, you hear it all the time that they get to retirement and then they just gone or illness or whatever and they've worked all their life to have this dream thing and they've not worked on themselves and people go to work and they work on their job or they work on their business but they forget to work on themselves and that's the most important person it's the most important building you can build it's the most important thing you can go to work on is yourself is your mind your physical body right yeah and you know and you know ill health doesn't book a convenient time in your calendar you know it's it's it's, it's gonna come when you know stress is at its highest or you know you know, you're, you're worrying about the money or, you know, trying to do this deal, suddenly it just pops up and then you, you've, you just got to, you've got to deal with that point. So I always say, you know, it's prevention is what I do. You know, you see, when you see the doctor, it's too late. We're in the hospital under the knife. It's too late. You know, it, I'm this person that stops you from getting to that point. Um, so that's the important thing. It's the, it's the, um, prevention rather than going for the cure, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it does make a lot of sense. And what is uh, what part does diet play in all of this? Oh, a huge part, a huge part. Um, are you talking in, in general, guys over 50 or both? Just in general, for general, both for general fitness, because I know like some people will like, I see videos um, all the time of like, you can, we'll, we'll, we'll show you a fitness routine and then you can just eat what you want. And I just look at it and think, what? Like, like, but if you stick to your calories each day, you can go and eat two pizzas if that's 2,000 calories or whatever you've decided. Like, I see a lot of this stuff that sells the benefits of being fit but still being able to eat crap. How, how does that play into it for you? Um, it's a very good question. I think that, especially when you're younger, you can get away with a lot of things, especially with your diet. You know, people have lots of beers, have lots of pizzas, baked beans on toast, all the rest when they're younger. You know, they don't see any effect on their body. But as you get older, you know, you can't really live that same lifestyle with your food because as you get older, your food is kind of like health. You know, if you eat too many carbohydrates, there is a, a problem of or chance of diabetes. If you eat too many trans fats, there's a problem with heart disease where well, you don't have th those problems when you're younger. So I think that people fixate very much on the number on the scales in terms of weight loss. And if you only fixate on the, on the weight loss, then, yeah, you can kind of eat what you want as long as you're in a calorie deficit. But, you know, will you have good energy levels? Will you have good skin? Will you have, you know, constantly be ill? Um, will you have good muscle definition? All those different things you won't have if you don't eat the right food. And people always fixate, my industry fixates about, okay, he dropped 10 kilos, let's say, but how does he feel now he's lost 10 kilos? Does he feel like he's got energy? Does he feel he's got mental clarity? You know, it, does he have, uh, you know, his, his has he got like some skin condition or something along those lines? You, you've got to be focusing on the health side of food, the nutrition side of food, rather than just the calorie number. And especially if I work with a long, an older person, my goal generally is to get them to eat more food, more veg, more fruit, more good sources of protein, not less of a bad diet, if that makes sense. And that's where people get a problem. They're still eating bad food, but they're trying to eat less of it. And that can cause other health problems going forward. Yeah, yeah, no, completely agree with that. And what's your view on things like Huel and like re meal replacements and supplements and things like that? Because you talked about getting the right proteins and the right food in. Like, is there a place between eating healthy, so having, you know, the right 
balanced diet and then adding in supplements and, and, and protein and things like that from, from shakes and meal replacements and things like that? I, I mean, the question is quite broad because like supplements and Huel are, you know, it's like a very broad thing. Okay. Le- All right. Let me ask it in a really specific way because I'm very selfish on this podcast. Um, I, I, have a, I have a lot of Huel in my diet. So is that a good thing? So I, I have, like today, I fasted till about 11. Um, then I've had two meal replacement fuel shakes, but then I'll have a proper dinner at dinner time. Like, is that the is that a right balance or do you think there's too much? Because sometimes I'll have fuel all day and that's pretty much all I'll eat in a day apart from some fruit. So selfish question, more, di- more, more direct. Okay, so unfortunately, fuel is junk. Okay, so, you know, it's just processed... It's, it's, it's made from good stuff, but it's just processed gunk. You know, it's not, you know, it's not going to be giving you the same nutrient profile as having real food. You know, it's like eating a pot noodle. You know, it's got some protein in there, it's got some soy in there, it's got some peas in there, and a bit of carbohydrate, but it's, I wouldn't be eating three pot noodles a day. Like, there isn't, unfortunately, a substitute for, for actual real food, like a piece of chicken or a piece of beetroot or whatever it is. Unfortunately, generally, convenience food isn't great for us. It's not nutritious. So I probably wouldn't go for that type of very quick fix thing. And also, unfortunately, if you want to be healthy, convenience, you have to get, you have to get rid of convenience. It's not convenient to be healthy. It's not. You have to, you know, getting up in the morning and going for a run is not convenient. Okay. Cooking food is not convenient. But if you try and hold on to the bad, unhealthy habits of convenience, then they will seep into other parts of your fitness journey. And unfortunately, Huel is kind of trying to sell something to people think, because I've had lots of clients who ask similar questions and they come in with like these, these Huel shakers. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing with that Huel shaker? And they're like, oh, but it's like super convenient. It's made out of like peas and all that sort of crap. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's gone from like a pea, like heavily, heavily manufactured, heavily processed into this goop that now you're trying to think is better than a meal. But unfortunately, it's, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, no, I am. Um, <laughs> Sorry, probably uh, not the answer that he wants to hear. No, but it is the answer I want to hear because I've had this feeling like, you know, when something feels too good to be true and you're like, this feels, because it's convenient. Like, my life is so busy and it's convenience. It's exactly what you just said is my life. Like, I'm doing it out of convenience because otherwise I end up just eating, like, stuff that is quick and then that's, that is shit. So I've been telling myself that, oh, this fuel stuff, like, it's brilliant, it's convenient, it's easy. Like, I'm eating a really balanced diet. Um, but, like, I had this feeling when i asked that question i had a feeling that you'd give an answer like that so i'm i'm, I'm taking it on board i'm taking it on board <laughs> I, I would um, say to, to be fair and this is where my industry sometimes goes wrong is you know it's a step in the right direction it is probably better than the tesco meal deal so the huel is a step from there but in the reality is it really doing much for your health is it really doing much for your energy levels is it really doing much for your hormone profile is it doing well you know, well for your gut microbiome, those type of things? The answer is no. And, and the way you can tell is, like, how different does the food look to how it would be in nature? You know, does the, you know, when you put water in your, your heel, does it look like, I don't know what it is, peas and chickpeas or whatever it is, or does it look like some sort of slop? Sludge. Yeah. Sludge, you we see call what I mean? it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So that, definitely. that's the, yeah. the real way you can tell if it's, you know, a worthwhile uh, nutritional investment. And I think you're right, because my, my middle ground is that um, 
I, I go away t- twice a month for about three or four days. And usually when I go away, I'd eat out every evening. And that usually entails being in a pub, eating not great food, making bad food choices because it's ev- evening. So when I have uh, some huel in the evening and I'm, I stay in my hotel room and I don't put myself in a position where I'm going to walk past a McDonald's, a KFC or a pub or something that's going to end up taking me in and I'm going to make a bad food choice. So it does kind of work in that middle ground. But I think what I've done is I've taken it one step yeah, too you, far. You've taken it and, to an extreme. And now I'm having it all the all the time, not just when, not just when I'm away. So this is like this is like this podcast is a really selfish thing for me. I get to put it out to the world. I get to ask great questions, and I get to ask lots of selfish stuff. So I'm I'm like this is amazing for me too. So and I'm sure there'll be people listening going, oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing because I know Huel's like gone off, and there's I see it everywhere. Like everyone's everyone wants this convenience. We live in this Western fast paced world where no one has any time, like you said, and everyone's got like time poor. They want the the, the quick fix. They want to be healthy and fit, but also they want to. <laughs> that they they want they need they need to get their calories in so um moving forward from from um diet um well firstly tell me what does your diet on a daily basis look like roughly uh, i get asked this question quite a lot um i can monday to friday i'm pretty eat, much eating the same thing i have the same breakfast the same lunch the same dinner so uh breakfast example is like a three eggs some oats some berries i kind of make it to like this weird like uh omelette type thing and ate that and then i'll have some boiled eggs maybe later in the day potentially then i'll have four chicken thighs uh then i'll have a fruit salad and then dinner i have you know it might be like spaghetti it's just a bit more free free flowing this uh, the dinner but i try and have a steak once a week a piece of salmon once a week like a, a piece of fish once a week um and then, and then whatever I want throughout, throughout the rest of those times. But the reality is that the trick is people who have the ideal body composition eat the same things. Like it sounds very boring, but the people I always work with who like variety in their food always have a problem with their weight. You, you, you have to have three or four breakfasts that you're happy to rotate through three or four lunches, three or four dinners. And then, you know, if you go out for a meal with a wife or you go, you know, it's your kid's birthday, whatever it is then you allow yourself variety and maybe a little more, more flavor or whatever that is. But most of the time your food is fuel. Like if you're at work, do you really need to be entertained by the food that you're eating? You're probably rushing around. You need to, yeah, you need to get the food in and you go back to the meeting or whatever it is. So during the week, it, it should be particularly strict. And on the weekend, you give yourself a little bit more leeway, but it's not so much leeway that you undo everything that you did in the week. If, you know, if weight loss is your, is your issue, but consistency of diet is one of the hardest things that people need to get their head around. Yeah, yeah. And and you're right, because you said, oh, it might be a bit boring, but I actually think that it's not boring, like it's discipline. Like when I see someone like yourself who's, who, who's lean, strong, I think this guy is disciplined. He, he knows how to turn up every day. And even on the days where he's feeling like he wants to wane, um, that he's disciplined. And it's the same when I see a successful business owner who's created a, a very successful business, you know that they've been disciplined. And I think that's where my correlation between fitness and business comes in, is that it, you know, you've got to be disciplined to do the boring, as you say, the boring stuff, like the boring stuff in business. Like people get excited about the new shiny thing um, or the new shiny diet or the new shiny bit of kit in the, in the gym, but it's the people that are turn up day in, day out, and they're disciplined. And I think that is the, for me, like, and I'm not even at that point of huge success in both areas, 
but like the more I see it and the more I see people like yourself, when you say that, that boring bit, that, that boring bit's a discipline because people get excited by stuff and they don't want, they don't see, they see everything as shiny. And actually it's the disciplined people that turn up every day and have that, as you say, the same diet, the, the same thing. They're not getting excited about the new menu at somewhere or the new this and the new that, the new, the new thing. Um, so yeah, I think there's a, a definite correlation there. Because, yeah, you know, people sometimes ask me, you know, Sal, do like a video of, of your day or your morning routine or you making food. And I'm like, it's just the same thing day in, day out. It's 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 the unsexy stuff that gets you where you want to be. Do you know what I mean? It's me, you know, having another bit of chicken or me chopping up some veg or something along those lines. It's not me making these beautiful, nutritious, gourmet meals. It's just I know that I need, you know, for more vitamin C, so I'm going to have a couple of oranges or whatever it is. But it's the stuff that people don't see that really gets you the results. And with social media, it's all about the person in the gym, you know, doing crunches or doing all this fantastic stuff. But that's all the bullshit because you don't do that. And, you know, sometimes people ask me also to like video on live stream things like my workouts. I'm like, well, they're kind of boring, but also I need to be concentrating on focusing what I'm doing. If I'm really working on what I'm doing, I don't have time to chat with you between the sets and entertain you and answer your questions and then go back. It's just, you know, I'm doing the same squats again. I was doing the same deadlifts again. I'm doing the same bang, bang, week in, week out. So it's, uh, you're right. It's about the stuff that people don't see and the consistency that really gets where you on where you need to be. Yeah. Consistency, persistently consistent and discipline on a, on a daily basis. Um, so what are your, what would you say if you were going to give advice and this is really general, so you might not be able to go there. Um, but like, three exercises that if you only had three exercises to do every day for the rest of your life what three exercises would they be to keep your body strong um that's quite an easy question in, in many ways so uh <laughs> uh the first would be a squat <laughs> the first would be a squat um like a barbell squat generally okay because ultimately um our legs are the first things to go as, as men you know balance you know walking up the stairs running uh, you know, those are the things that people really struggle with as they get older. So this, the squat is very, very important. Uh, the next would be the deadlift. Okay. Although people sort of like get a bit afraid of that lift, but there's no better exercise for strengthening your back. And if you've known anyone who's had a bad episode with their back or had one themselves, you know, you do need to strengthen your back. So it doesn't go, it doesn't go because once it goes, it's kind of a repeat thing and it gets a bit worse over time. So the deadlift is, is a very, very important exercise for strengthening your spine as long as it's done correctly. Uh, and then the third, that's a bit tougher one. Maybe I would say, I'd probably have to say the bench press. I'd probably have to say the bench press, not because of how it makes you look, but because we are creatures with our eyes at the front of our body. And so everything we do requires these muscles at the front. So whether or not you're, you're picking up your kids or you're throwing a ball for your dog, or you know, you're writing on a piece of paper, or, all these muscles are strengthened and used with the bench press. So it's a very important exercise to make sure that you still have you know, your, your um, ability to move around and interact with the world with the bench press. Yeah, and the best bench press feels the best. Like, I don't know there's something about bench pressing. I mean, that's like, do I don't it, know, it's it. like, yeah, they do. I, I love, I love look, when I've got chest day, I'm like, yes. When I've got leg day, I'm like, ah, oh, but like, it's the one you're right though. The leg day is the one that I avoid the most, but it's the one that, that when I do it and I'm doing it more and more cause I'm running is helping everything become strong. And even I've seen with me running, 
my knees have been getting slowly weaker and then I've added in because I wasn't doing any any leg exercise I was just running now I've added in leg exercise doing squats uh, you know doing deadlifts and things like that my knees and uh, and legs are getting stronger and my knees are wait, uh, actually feel weaker in the in the in the roundabout way I was thinking when my knees feel weaker the last thing I want to do is do leg exercises but actually like which seems completely counterintuitive but like it, it literally does so um yeah three great exercises I I, I mean I've got to do squats today, actually. I've got to do squats in a minute when I go to the gym. So um, it makes me feel good now to know that, 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 that that's what you said. So um, your videos on TikTok are really, really good. How did you come about doing that? Is that something you just started doing or, or did you have some training on it? Because you've created quite a big following um, and they're really to the point, really quick, really short, really snappy. Did you start doing them or, or how did that come about? Uh, I think some of it sort of... It gels with my personality because I'm I'm quite that way. I don't like uh, spending too many words on things that um, I don't need to, if that makes sense. So um, no, I just I just put it out there. Really, I said to myself, I set myself a challenge of posting every single day for a year. That was the challenge I did. No matter how bad or how good I thought the video was, I was going to post it and put it out there. And um, when I started doing it, it was like, oh, no one was watching it. No one was watching it. And then suddenly, I can't remember the name of the video, just like blew up. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, some people are watching it. And, you know, if I can do one right, I can do a few more right. So I kept with it saying, okay, every single day, because, you know, every day you get a little bit, little bit better. Um, so I, I managed to do a whole year. And then I started adding some lives in, like I do a live every day now as well. Um, and that helped as well with how I present myself, how I speak to people. And then I, I began to sort of understand, having a look at the videos, what people were interested in. And when people pick up, picked up the phone or they made an inquiry, what they wanted to know from me or what they thought I was the expert in, if that makes sense. Because I was putting a message out there in terms of just general health for guys in their 50s, thinking that most people in their 50s aren't that in interested in getting stronger. But every time someone picked up the phone, they were like, you know, I am interested about, you know, not, you know, not getting particularly muscular, but making sure that I can keep up with my grandkids or, you know, I'm noticing I'm slowing it down or I'm getting flabby or whatever that is. So I was like, okay, well, if people are noticing me for those videos, I'm going to do more of those videos. And that's how I've, I've slowly started to, to build up. It's a little bit hit and miss sometimes, uh, but I've kind of found my voice having done nearly 400 videos now, I guess absolutely love that because you've just shown again the discipline a lot of people would say i'm going to go and do a video every single day and they might do it for a week three weeks three months but you did it for a whole year and then you saw the saw the compound of that of people continuously seeing you but not only that like I, in this is where fail forward comes into play like you knew when you on day one that your your the first video won't be as good as the as number number four hundred, and you're progressively, you know, just improving incrementally every day. But the only way you're going to do that is by going out, trying, and doing. And so many people get caught up with like, oh, I might put a video out tomorrow, and I might do this, but like, you're actually, just going out and doing it and going sod it. Like, I'm just going to go and do this. I'm going to post it out every day. I mean, credit to you because that's given you the results that you've you've had from 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 the views you've got on your videos. Yeah, I think some of it at the beginning. I'd post it, I'd try not to watch it again because it was so cringeworthy. And, you know, I, I'm now, sorry, able to, you know, listen to my own voice and watch myself on a screen, which took a very, very long time for me to be able to do. It just feels awkward and it feels bad. It's like, that's not my voice. 
that, that's the one that really sort of uh, used to get to me. Um, but I, I think, you know, with a business, any business, you can have the best business in the world, but if no one knows anything about it, it's never going to get anywhere. And, you know, I've, you know, to my own hold, I've been very good at what I've done, but for many years, nobody really knew how to get hold of me or what my message was or, you know, what I stood for. So, you know, I, I, you have to make that, that leap. You have to do something. Otherwise, you know, you just, you just, you go backwards, if that makes sense. And the same with fitness, you, you have to do something or you, you decline. And I was like, okay, well, this is really challenging for me. It's something that I've avoided trying to do. It's something that, you know, you do get judged for massively. Like when you start getting, you, I've got to a level now where I start getting haters or people say rude stuff to you um, or, or people, you know, the other day, although it's a very lovely thing, someone made like a, not a fake account, but it's like um, the Sal Kassam fan page. <laughs> and I, I, and I, I can't figure out out of my regular viewers who, who it is, but you get weird things like that, that you wouldn't expect. You know, the other day I was out on a weekend and, and some guy came up to me and said, oh, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. I saw you from the videos. And that's a weird thing as well. Um, but it's good because as I said, you, for something that you, you, you kind of knew you were very, very bad at. Uh, I'm not saying I'm brilliant right now, but you know, just a little bit every act, just a little bit each day, getting a little bit better. And then you get that instant feedback, which is um, quite a positive thing. Oh, it's huge. And, and you think like someone like Stephen Bartlett, Diary of a CEO, he, he's been like top podcast in the, in the world right now. He's, if you listen to his first couple of episodes, they're not great, but he just went out and did it. And it's that whole like improving. And I'm, I'm with you. Like I, when I first started this podcast a year and a half ago, I told myself that I'm going to listen to every single episode and I, I have done, but it's still find it really difficult to listen to my own voice and watch myself. Um, I don't know what it is about that, but I know that if I carry on doing this for the next five years, then in five years time, it's going to be even better and five years time on top of that and the compound and compound and compound thereafter. So yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely love that. And that's absolute gold. So we're just come, starting to come towards the end of this podcast. It's been brilliant. And I've, I've had some, I've been very selfish, asked some very selfish questions, but I'm sure like our audience will get some value from it. So what would you say to somebody right now, not 50, just through their life, who might be a bit overweight, they're frustrated, they are in a place where... They've tried different fitnesses, tried different diets. They keep going and doing it for a little bit, jumping back off, on, off, on, off. What bit of advice would you give someone just to go out and start getting fit? Like, what, what, what would you say? This isn't a plug, but I think that you need to get a coach. If you want to be good at anything, you need to invest in it. There's, there's no two ways around it. Like, if you, are, if you have to understand yourself, if you are someone who can't self-motivate, if you're someone who's easily put off, if you're someone who you know, struggles to even, you know, do some of the exercises or understand what they need to do, you have to pay an expert. And, um, you know, sometimes expensive, sometimes it isn't, but that expert should have been in your place and understand all the pitfalls between where you are and where you want to be. You know, the, the problem is if you do it yourself is you don't know what you don't know. And you, you know, Time is the currency of life and you can pay someone to put you years ahead of where you could have been yourself. And if you are frustrated, it's probably been some time, maybe you know, five years that you've been struggling with your weight or whatever health problem you have. Why not employ someone to reverse all of that like quicker than you could do it yourself or maybe even you couldn't do it yourself. So I always think that there is a place to invest in yourself in a good coach, obviously, not just some something you, you find off the internet, 
but um people you know even my industry you know i invest in a course on sales or in course on marketing or whatever it is and it's never a bad investment as long as you do research into the person that you are trying to work with so i'd say if you're if you're stuck in a you know in a loop employ someone to help you yeah do you know what i absolutely love that and you, i know you said it wasn't a pl plug but you're right because i i talk about this in the sense of business mentorship training self-development like if you want to go and do something find a coach if you want to go and be successful find somebody that's walked the path that you've already that you want to go on because it will hack your life by years because they will show you all of the like everyone's looking for the next hack or shortcut like the next the, the hack or shortcut isn't like Huel or like doing something for a couple of months it's going going who's done what i want to do um and or who's doing what i want to do and who can help me along that journey and i think so many people will spend loads of money on going to uni or going on doing doing lots of detrimental things in their life but they're not going okay so if i want to get fit what do i need who can help guide me so you're so right in what you say there um if someone did want to work with you how's the best place to get hold of you uh well through my social media so my tiktok my instagram is at redpillfit uh or my website is redpillfit.co.uk so through any of those channels is the best way to get in contact with me amazing if you send me the links i'll put them in the bio and then people will be able to get hold of you um i'd certainly say meeting you in person because we can only see your head and, and your shoulders you are lean ripped whatever you want to call it and that's what i'd be looking for in a personal trainer like i've known personal trainers before who have been overweight and i think well if they can't do it they're not going to be able to show me so you are a walking talking billboard for your own company so um absolutely love that thanks so much for coming on today sal have you got any final words uh, just thank you very much for inviting me on this podcast that's all amazing thanks thanks for coming on and if you've really enjoyed this episode um please get in contact with sal follow him on all his social medias and um please share like and subscribe to fail forward thanks all for listening see you soon